So welcome back, everybody, to the first step. I'm excited to introduce to you today, Mike Stanford. We're going to be talking a little bit more about communication. And where we met was actually at our Toastmasters Club, and we share that passion for communication. And Mike is... When he's not working, he likes to volunteer at the Oceanside Stroke Recovery Society. He likes to read, swim, walk local trails, eat and sleep and torment himself. So welcome to the show, Mike. And first off, I just have to ask you, what do you mean you like to torment yourself? Thanks so much, Jill, for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is going to be fun. When what I meant was about tormenting because of the theme of of this conversation that we're going to have can be risky can be painful we have i like to welcome it and kind of accept that when it comes to communication we're going to make mistakes we're going to fumble we're going to experience some pain at times and that's okay we learn and we grow and we reflect from it and and it makes us a better communicator over the course of our life. At least that's the hope. That's the yeah. hope. Well, I'm glad you joined me and you you did kind of jump right in. I mean, we only have met ever on Zoom. And I asked you to join me because I thought you were articulate just from what I heard at our Toastmasters meetings. And it is a risk, you know, to just jump on a call with somebody and then record and then publish it as a podcast. So I commend you for for jumping in and taking that risk. And I do, um, as I just said to you before we hit record, I do believe that when we show up and share our voice that inevitably something might get said that that offers somebody a gift and also on the other hand as you're saying like somebody might hear this and be triggered and you know it might cause some offense or you know so and we go into that knowing that so i commend you for just um being courageous enough to take that risk 100 um so i I guess maybe I'll start with this. What? Why do we want to communicate? I mean, sometimes I'm sitting around with my dog and I think, you know, I love her so much because she doesn't say anything. You know, she's so easy to love because <laughs> she doesn't talk. So why do you think humans are driven to communicate? Well, I actually, okay, this is actually a really funny question because it flashed because it seems so obvious, right? But it, But at the same time, I don't think it is. And now let me give you an example. So I, years ago, I was in a university course and, you know, business related course and everybody saw themselves as being, you know, doggy dog, cutthroat world, blah, blah, blah. And the teacher asked, why do we communicate? And of course, people threw up their answers to get what we want. And mm-hmm. it seems like a no brainer. But a lot of the times we don't really know what we want. Not really. Or we think we do. And then we get it. And then we realize, no, we didn't want that at all. And I want to share with you one reason that I really loved that I heard recently about why why communicating is so important. It was a study that went over seven years. They tracked all these people and they just wanted to see who lived and who didn't. And then consider over that time who passed away from whatever factors and why those who lived, why were they still alive? So if they quit smoking drinking, eat healthy, get good sleep, exercise regularly, do yoga, all these really important things were high up on the list. But number one and number two 
were communication related. Wow. Tell me more, like communication related, what, like relationships or how did they define that? So that's, yeah, exactly. They defined, and how do they, how do they break communication into one and two? Top two. Number two was they found that people were one of the greatest factors for people living during that period and not passing on was if they had regular, deep conversations with people, just exploring subjects in a conversation. That was the number two biggest reason. Number one was if they had frequent, I'm going to say shallow, but frequent casual interactions with people on a day-to-day basis. So just making eye contact, saying hi, holding the door open, all these with actions and words, not just speaking. Those were the number two, top two reasons why the, the group studied in this, which is a large group over many years, were still around. That's fascinating. I know. I mean, like I've heard of these studies too. in you know, I think it was like the 1940s or something where they did these awful studies of um, physical touch being a basic need too, and babies dying when they didn't get physical touch. So I think there is something in this that speaks to our social um, need, you know, our need to be connected to other people, whether it's through touch or speaking, whether it's, that's fascinating to me that number one is just kind of casual conversation versus number two being deep conversation. So it doesn't even have to be deep. It just has to be somehow meeting, like having eye contact saying, hi, wow, that's fascinating. So what, what do we want out of life? Do you think that's it, that we want to be connected to each other? I mean, is that what we're looking for when we communicate? I, you know what? It's 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 special to everyone, and I I wanted to just start with a disclaimer that so much of what I, so much of what I might be saying about communication ha, might many of it a lot of it might have more to do more to say about me than what necessarily communication is, and that's one of the crazy things about communication is that it's unique to all of us. So when talking about want out of life, it's a deeply personal thing that I have only revisited recently because I read this book by someone oh well by Luke Burgess called Wanting and it basically is all about Rene Girard's work on desire anyway long story short it made me reframe how I viewed what I want out of life and basically what the book read doesn't the book doesn't really recommend this this is a takeaway that i got from the book is um if you think of if you think with the end if you break down wants by short-term wants and long-term wants the long-term wants are the wants that will take your life to achieve where if you're lucky you get to achieve it you know just wanting to live a life with purpose you have to live that life with purpose to achieve that want it only mm-hmm. gets achieved by the end. Mm-hmm. So um, one, the great takeaway of that was it allows me to kind of slow down on the short-term superficial wants and focus on the long-term wants, wants where it's like, I want to learn and grow every day, you know, where you want to challenge yourself 
at those around you and support them at the same time. These sorts of wants where you're free to think and feel however you want and not only discover who you really are, but you're able to like shape the kind of person you're going to become. Because in many, if you can do that, if that and actually feel good about that want and those wants, that's great. And it has nothing to do with the car you drive, the material, none of that stuff. And I mean, I, f- I feel pretty good about that. So that's that was the takeaway I got from that book. And I think I'd encourage everyone to do exercises on just thinking, thinking about what they what they really want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, these are these are good and big questions. You got to hear my icebreaker speech, which was all about these kind of big questions, asking ourselves like, who are we and why are we here? I, that's like the the focus of my life for sure. And you know, so I I ask myself these questions all the time, and I'm with others who are I would say on in a similar mindset. And you know, if I look from broad terms and and answer that question, what do we want? I do think it comes down to being seen and being heard and being accepted and being loved at the heart of it. And I think, you know, that's why I appreciate you saying like pointing out we're all unique in what we want or what we express or what we take away or how we communicate or but I think at the heart of it, we we crave to be seen. You know, we want others to to acknowledge that we're here and that we have a purpose and that it's good enough. You know, I think that 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 kind of what it always comes down to. We want to be we want to be seen and heard and loved. Um, and I love this when we were kind of riffing out what we were going to talk about. Um, you had had jotted down good communication starts with awareness. And I thought like, oh my God, you're totally talking my language because I think that, that, that yoga and meditation and all these mindfulness practices that have helped me so much, why they've helped me and why they help others, I think is because they slow us down and give us a chance to recognize who we are, and we become aware of our thoughts, our emotions, our reactions. And I think when we become more aware of of who we are, we can get clear, like you said, about deciding like what is it that we want out of life or who are we? So do you want to speak more to that about how communication and awareness um, are related? Yeah, absolutely. I just just to, something popped into my head when I was listening to you talk about uh, uh, slowing down and 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 how it relates to awareness is in, in t- I'm gonna try to keep this super short. I hope I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in 2021, I was very busy. I was just I had tasks on top of tasks on top of tasks. I hadn't been as busy as I was. At, at that in that year in a long long time and there's something kind of intoxicating about being really busy and in a way i felt like i was invincible like i just felt like 
bullets are bouncing off me. I got all this stuff and I'm just banging on all cylinders and being incredibly productive, which again can feel really good. People would be coming up to me with stuff, stuff that was bothering them. And I'd be like, what? Why are you letting that bother you? Like, I'm not letting that bother me at all. I am busy. I can't let that bother me. I'm just going and I'm feeling really good about it. And I'm just go, 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 go. And that I can't was a very, um, like, it was like a good can't. Like, I, I, can't let, I got all this other important stuff and it feels so great. But that I can't, that I can't grew louder and louder and louder to where these things were coming to me. And I can't, and I can't, I and I can't. And it was just like, so such a shocker to me to realize, I mean, the way that I described it, uh, the way that I describe it now, but back then when I, my realization was, I was like a train just like screaming along, slowing down for the stops, which was these moments that come in life, but never stopping to experience and process the moment. Mm -hmm. I just slow down and then wave at it and then continue on. And it was like not getting to experience anything really, just being stretched incredibly thin. And uh, so when it, once I became aware of this, I immediately started making changes to give myself a chance to stop and experience these moments and not let, like not, not take on so much. And that's just one aspect of the awareness, but the awareness in, in good communication is just like it, it's everything it is just unbelievable i gotta say it's uh i i i absolutely it's, it's what you know going back to the torment thing it's what is so difficult about it but it's just what i think makes communication so special yeah and so rich i mean that's an awesome story and visual um Wow. Did you make a, if you haven't made a speech about that, you should. Um, but it reminds me of a conversation I had just, I think it was last weekend at a a birthday barbecue. And one of my dear friends' husbands reminded me that the magic is in the moment. And in that moment, when he said it, it just hit me like, boom. And because of my yoga practice, I immediately dropped into my body knowing that my feeling, sensing my body and feeling and sensing my breath would take me to the moment. And then I was acutely aware of, yes, that feeling of like slowing down. And then I was in a much deeper state also of listening, you know, like I was like immediately present. And then it was a conversation amongst a few people and then somebody else chimed in um, I find myself spending most of my day trying to be present, which I think is what we, most of us do. We, tr we're trying to be aware. We're trying to be present maybe, but the, the act of actually being aware or actually being present, I think is quite profound. And that's why I'm so gung-ho about getting people to do some kind of mindfulness practice, because I think it is the tool that gives us that awareness that you're talking about where we could actually listen to what's being said versus kind of like what you described, like, just like, I don't have time for this. You're already two steps ahead of what everybody's saying. And you're never really 
paying attention to what is going on here and now. And I would say that is one of the key elements in good um, communication is that ability to be present or to just be aware of of that moment. I mean, yeah, just to, to some, a lot of people, they, they're on that, they're on that train screaming, screaming along, only slowing down, never stopping for like their entire life mm-hmm. where, and they're, they're, they're achieving uh, milestones along the way. Things like once I achieve this, then I will have made it. And then, it, then they achieve it. And they're like, hold on a second. This is not, this is not what I thought it would be. I am completely unsatisfied and I, it, it doesn't, it didn't, fill me at all and then what do they learn they think well they're on that fast train and they think the next achievement will do it and then the next and they're just chasing and then they retire and they're like who am i suddenly they're off the train it is stopped and they're just like they missed the ride (laughs) that's just absolutely what happens i mean i'm sure my listeners have heard me tell this story before because it's one of these very like poignant moments in my life I went to an astrologer like when we were moving from Mexico to Canada just to kind of get some affirmation about this big move that we were making. And she, I was in my, I guess my early 30s or something like that. And she was looking at my chart or I don't know, whatever they do. And she was saying, you know, it's incredible. You keep like raising the bar and you're so young and you've achieved so much and you keep raising the bar and raising the bar and raising the bar and raising the bar. And then she said, but I recommend that once you've like raised the bar, achieved what you wanted to stop, take yourself out for a hot chocolate and really appreciate what you've done. And I just started bawling because I knew there was some deep message there for me, like to avoid doing what you just described, you yeah. know, and it really woke me up. And I I really like heard what she said and and since that moment, I realized like, yeah, it's, you know, it's fine to have a goal, but man, it's really important to stop and appreciate, you know, where we've got to. We just went on a journey and we got somewhere and we better get off that train and like enjoy that destination for a little while before we jump back on. Cause yeah, life goes quick for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like awareness. Um, just to just to again another disclaimer i feel like i just want to have put like a million disclaimers in it like let's say you get let's say you get a a gem a communication gem and you think you want to apply it like whoa mike said such and such in such a way and i really and you employed it and you employ it in the in the quote unquote real world in in the wild <laughs> and it completely blows up in your face it just does not go at <laughs> all as as you expected and i think we've i don't know if we've all well, i i've experienced it so many times where it's just unbelievable it's just incorporating something has a bit of a i don't know it can it can it's not a, a straight line of progress it just it's a learning process and it's a working process and i don't know i don't know where it's just i've yeah i because i gave okay so just to give you an ex- one example, very recently, super small. A, um, I was talking to somebody. I, I, I'm not, I'm not friends with this person. They're just a, a colleague at best. They live in Ontario. This is in April, and they're coming um, to visit in in May. 
And he he finishes the the phone conversation by saying, and again, I love I'm I love I love language and I love communication and what said, how it said, when it said, everything about it. And I just think you know that's 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 sort of me. He says, "All right, my friend, enjoy the rest of your day and week." And I ended, and I, and we, and I said, "Oh yeah, goodbye." Something like I didn't say goodbye. I said, "Yeah, <laughs> bye." I don't even remember what I said, but I remembered, and I made a note of it, and I just kept thinking about what he said. And I actually, in the appointment or for the for the meeting in May, I made a note of that. Like this is how he ended the conversation, and I really liked it. And then I'm like, okay, well, this was really great. I was impressed with that goodbye. I remembered it. I made a note. Now, if he doesn't know that I've just done this, right? And he keeps reusing the same goodbye in the same way, regardless, he just sees it as being the perfect goodbye. It's what works for him. And I'm my my experience in those goodbyes going forward is going to be like less and less and less. It's going to sound it wasn't it wasn't super sincere initially because I I barely I hadn't even met him before, right? And he lives in Ontario. We hardly talked. And he's calling me his friend, you know. Anyway, um, so leading up, so long story short, so here's what here's what I ended up doing is end up having another chat with him leading up to his visit in in uh last week, actually. And he just wanted to confirm the meeting and this and that. And and I said, you know, I got to tell you, your goodbye at the last phone conversation was so good. I, 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 cause I really was genuinely impressed with how he said goodbye and, and what he said. And, and, uh, and I told him this now, oh my gosh, this is so long for something so insignificant. I'm sorry. Love it. <laughs> okay, so here's, so I told him, you know, your goodbye when you said, all right, my friend. I don't know. Yeah. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day and week. I I thought that was such a great way to end the phone call. I just had to tell you. And um the thing is, I don't I don't know how he 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 and he reacted to that. Like I don't know what he how he experienced it in internally by me saying that, because on the one hand, he might have thought that was his perfect goodbye that he's going to reuse for the rest of his life, but not knowing that people like me are going to be uh, recording, like have it burned into their memory, writing it down in calendars and and that kind of stuff. And and if I'm doing it, other people are doing it, and then every future goodbye is less and less special. So it's like it's just. I guess that's the long way to go about the awareness of good communication. Like in my opinion, you got to be like sincere and honest. Mm -hmm. And again, always trying to grow and push yourself. So if you think of perfect goodbye is, is that, and you never try to grow from it, then it's such a small part of communication, but I think it's a, a big awareness aspect of it, but that might, yeah. That's a great story. I mean, I have a lot. I, there, there's so much that we could draw from that example. I mean, yeah, if it's just flipping, you know, but you heard it in a certain way. And I think that speaks a lot to our present moment awareness while we're listening 
to what somebody says. And maybe that's even more impactful than what the person's saying or the intention with which they're saying it, which kind of is a perfect segue to what I was going to ask you next about who talks to us most. And obviously the answer to that question is we talk to ourselves the most because I think that conversation you're having in your head post that example of the conversation you just spoke of is what matters the most. Like Buddy in Ontario, he's like living his own life, but what's going on in your mind is where our reality lived reality comes from. So in a way it's kind of less relevant about what we're saying, although I think that matters too. But I think as I hear you tell that story, and then I want to hear what you have more to say about us talking to ourselves, what we say to ourselves, I would say, matters the most. Did you want to expand on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think it is. Okay, so I know, I don't know. I think your listeners and you, you're very open, open-minded and I can probably, I could, I probably couldn't think of a, a wonky communication related concept that would be just too wonk. I don't even want to say wonky. You know what I'm saying? You're being very yeah. creative, Thank you. Um, but so what I'm saying is uh, the conscious, we have a conscious mind, I guess, and then like a subconscious mind and that, and we don't really, this is my opinion and it's not completely mine because I picked it up from somewhere sometime. Um, it's the things we say, for example, the 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 labels that we give ourselves can affect us in ways way more than than we realize. This is my belief. So if if we say that we're bad at something or um, like uh, I'm ba- like it always it always pains me when people say that they're bad at math because I feel like that's th- I don't know how I don't know in how many ways that's hurting them, but I know uh, at least I think it's not helping them, and um, and then conversely the just to, the things you say about other people I believe are affecting you like even just thinking about other people are affecting you subconsciously more than we realize and in, in potentially negative ways. And then, uh, and then alternatively, um, so what I try to do is just to give you an example, um, how, how, how the, how language is framed is I would like to th- uh, think of myself as a thoughtful person and a disciplined person. You know that kind of those those kinds of words, or a helpful person, rather than I'm helping so and so, because it's like if you say I'm helping so and like I'm helping so and so with this, um, there's almost like a a quit pro quo sort of thing, like mm-hmm. hey, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Whereas if you just cons- if you just see yourself as being helpful, well then there's none of that extra like push and pull within the within the relationship and then i apply that to uh the world in in some ways so i um but anyway just i'll i'll I'll, just to just to go back 
just be really aware with what you're saying, what you're thinking, like saying through your thoughts about yourself and about others, and just be very conscious to try to frame it, in my opinion, in as positive a light as possible. And in a, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh yeah. You're totally speaking my language. And I think for my listeners too, I have um like a major love of the work by Byron Katie. Have you ever heard of her? No. Oh my God. You got to check it out. It's so powerful and so profound. It's basically this super dialed in process where you hone in on what are your limiting beliefs or what are you thinking that's causing friction in your life, basically. And you like hone it down to a single statement um, through her process, which is very effective. And then once you have like a super simple statement that you can see is like causing friction or, you know, becoming a limiting belief in a negative way in your life, then you start to turn it around. I'll give you an example of one of the things that that I have done. I've done tons of statements through her work and every time it's like life-changing. But one was basically began with like, I suck at finishing things. Like I can never finish what I start, that kind of idea. And then you get this opportunity to rewrite these like a gajillion ways because there are limitless different ways that you could say that. But the opposite of whatever that limiting belief is. So I started playing with it. And then I basically came around to a statement of, I'm enjoying learning this newfound skill of finishing things. I am thrilled that I have shifted or I am shifting this pattern of not being able to finish things or and such, right? To where now I through this is probably like a year of and once you bring up those limiting beliefs or you become aware again of like how you're thinking or what you're thinking, you hear it more, right? So I would catch myself now having done this work being like, uh, you can do that later or like uh, it's not going to be worth finishing anyways, like just some, those normally what would be unconscious or subconscious thoughts. Now we're more at the forefront of my mind and then when they arose and I saw them, I would purposefully say like, that's not true. Like I am shifting that pattern and I am getting really good at finishing tasks. And now I can say I enjoy finishing tasks like genuinely. And in the process of that year, it was kind of like fake it till you make it, you know, and and like saying things that didn't necessarily feel authentic in the beginning. But it is fascinating that how powerful our thoughts are. And I can tell you for sure from my own experience that as I do that work by Byron Katie, I have been able to absolutely not only shift my thoughts, but I see it manifest out in my life. Like I actually do follow through and finish things now with much more ease than I did before I started that that process. So that's awesome. I, yeah. And I, I encourage anybody listening and you too, Mike, to look up the work by Byron Katie. She's so generously um offered all these PDFs and free resources online. Like you don't have to sign up for anything. It's just all there free so that all of us can rewrite all these sticky things that we say to ourselves. I've already Googled her. I'm, yes. I'm gonna be doing a deep dive later. Thank you. Yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. Which maybe is a great segue into this next little bullet point that we kind of had jotted down feedback loop. So do you want to speak more about that? Because I didn't really totally know what you meant when you jotted that down. So tell me. Oh, it's 
uh, again, it's just built building off the previous stuff in a uh, po- in a positive way, basically. So, for example, I mean, the feedback loops. I started. I was working on a project in or in the fall, which talked about which which dealt with folks who had a hard time uh, planning for the future, and how you know sometimes due, due to various circumstances. When you're trying to look look forward years, uh, there's this saying where it um, goes like this. Uh, um, we, we overestimate what we can accomplish in one year, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in five. <laughs> so what, and my interpretation of that is, okay, we think we're going to achieve everything quickly, but we get discouraged and frustrated because we feel like we should be further along. So then we stop and we never get to see what could happen in five years. So uh, the positive feedback loops involve exercises like journaling, uh, just uh, the attitude of gratitude, showing appreciation and the importance of what that does outward and, and inward and makes these uh, projects, plans, life goals, easier to achieve makes it easier for you to weather the ups and downs and and keep plugging away uh so i and i just and, and and we don't know how uh like we we have a hard time i mean just i don't i don't want to be like putting thoughts and words in people's mouths but it's it's hard for for us to realize what what how much different we can be 10 years from now because we don't even we have a hard time seeing because the person the the the, who we are 10 years from now we only become that from the from the who we are nine years from now so then the the who we are nine years from now is going to make the who we are 10 years from now you know and that's hard to understand like it's hard to appreciate and so all these changes can be occurring and it's just I, I just felt like again awareness of positive feedback loops, incorporating consistency, like consistent actions and purposeful, like conscious framing of language is super important. So that's basically it. It's so powerful. So I just want to review for listeners because I think this is really important. I I have a <clears throat> a journaling practice I do every morning. I don't know if you've heard of the artist's way. Oh my God, Mike, you got to write that down too. And all listeners, grab a book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Super powerful. I'm pretty sure she channeled like divine source knowledge for all of us and put it in a book. Like amazing. It must be like, I don't know, under 30 bucks and definitely will change your life um, if you do it. Hard work requires stream of consciousness writing every day, three pages every day, right when you wake up. But I think it it's like this, what you said reminded me of that because, and what we're talking about, this process of journaling every day gives us the opportunity to see what we're thinking, to see our thoughts, because we love to edit what we're thinking. And I find like, I mean, I'm years in this practice now, even today, I was like starting to write something. And then my, you know, my more ego part of my mind is like just look out the window while you're thinking about that don't actually write that down and then 
<laughs> I was like, write that down, Jill. Like it's something that you're thinking, get it out, get it on the page. And it just helps, I think, these practices to make us more aware of what we're thinking. And then when we're aware, we start to have choice. That's when we can start to see like, maybe that's not what I want to continue to tell myself, right? Like I suck at finishing things probably isn't helping me finish things. And the other thing you said was about gratitude, which I also have like a daily gratitude practice. It does always come into play in my journaling. But I now that once you bring gratitude alive in your life, I think it starts to jump into every moment. So do you want to speak just a little bit? Do you have a gratitude practice? And just maybe inspire listeners if you do, what does that look like? Or I I would say my gratitude practice is gosh. Okay. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> say like I I just have I have uh rules and I try to be really, really, really uh, disciplined with some of the rules and so some of some of them involve but they also I mean I can kind of touch on it a little bit different I I approach it a little bit differently which is I you might you might have read my profile on the on the club um, message site um, I have a bit of a curious personality and I don't know you might think, wow, that's that's a really great, great, it's great to be curious. There's all these great things about being curious, but one one really great thing about being curious, which I don't, I don't, I didn't know until literally like two weeks ago when I was, or I might've known it, but not consciously, I wasn't aware of it. Okay. So this, this was the thing I wasn't, I might've understood it just by, by, but not understanding the connection definitely not consciously until i until i read this book recently um so it goes like this uh if you're curious you're not certain because what reason to be curious if you're certain about something so i i am very uncertain about a lot of things and so what i try to do is lean into the positive uncertainty that exists so if for example someone is being rude or um like really really obnoxious and i i i i I don't make a judgment call and say that this person is awful i i go you know i kind of interpret it in an uncertain in a positive uncertain way and i'm just trying to be incredibly like consistent at that it helps i gotta say it helps me so much with just how i how i get to think about stuff because you know anyway yeah so that's sort of my practice when it comes to writing down if i have a a thought i i text it to myself and i and especially really interesting ones so i yeah so that's sort of my rule i do not have a I the three the three page journaling would be an absolute dream. I would if I could if I if I could be so disciplined. I just yeah. So but I have a, a yeah. That's that's awesome. If I can do it, you can do it. I mean, and I'll tell you, I did. I've done the book, The Artist's Way. I don't know. I think four times now, and it's got it got easier every time because 
again, I don't think we do anything perfect when we start a little bit like what you're saying this, you know, in the, in the first year or in five years, but yeah, I don't know when the first, I'm probably around 10 years post the first time I've done it. And it has taken all that time to get to this place where it's just like, it's part of my morning ritual. But in the beginning, it wasn't, you know, I struggled and I had these like inner conflicts of like, I want to write, I don't want to write, I want to, I don't have time for this, you better make time for this, you know, so, but yeah, I would encourage everybody to, to get the book and do a practice similar to that, make it suit you. But I love your practice, Mike, I'm just going to replay it in my mind. And I think for listeners too, sometimes to hear things more than once is important. Um, When we meet people, I think that's so profound and they're being pissy with us or pissy with others. And and maybe our initial reaction is to judge them or form a conclusion, as you said, like have some certainty, like for sure this guy's a jerk or this woman's a jerk. Um, And instead requiring ourselves to be curious. And I think it was immediately, I mean, just immediately, even as I talk this through, we all know that, right? That person is being that way for something. And if we can be curious about like, what is going on in this human's life that is making them so unhappy, it immediately shifts our our perception in the direction of, I would say, compassion and understanding versus like judgment and then therefore returning that kind of, you know, negative energy. I love that. I'm going to try that. I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of, again, disclaimer slash warning is so much of our life is uncertain. We don't, we'd love things to be, to be as certain about the future, which is un, pure uncertainty right? We don't know what's going to happen, but also we don't know what's happening right now. Like, I mean, not really. So, um, but you can build your comfort level with uncertainty over time. And I've, and I've, I have been working on, like, I have been, I don't know, things in my life have, has made it easy, relatively easy. I'll just say with, um, with dealing with uncertainty, you know, the good and the bad, like it's not, you know, there's a saying experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So I, so I, my comfort with uncertainty has been has grown over the years in many ways, but that doesn't mean I'm uncomfortable with all forms of uncertainty. But when it when it comes to relationships and, and interacting with people, I'm surprised at how comfortable I am with it at times. And it lets me take leaps and do really silly things in an in an honest way, right? And and in a and in a in a win-win sort of environment because it's it's all there's so anyway I won't go there but um but what I was gonna say is oh yeah it's uh that uns be making those judgments over I'm not gonna say it's bad right like I can't say it's bad because I it might be really it might be what what someone needs in that moment and and they might think. And I'm gonna. It's it's not what I do, but I'm not saying what I do is is right, right? Like, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is, um, if you do if you do make those judgments on people, that 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 might be totally fine. It's not a it's not necessarily a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's um. Be curious. It, see how we see it, what it how it makes you feel when you judge them. I'm I'm gonna try it. Honestly, I'm I'm gonna try to see like, hey, can I? Because 
when you're uncertain about stuff that that takes energy like that takes you <laughs> think of, you have to think about it when you're uncertain when you don't when you're not certain once you're certain you don't have to think about it you can focus on other stuff that's what i was trying to say so if yeah. you are making judgments about people and you're wrong that's okay and you're just deciding to put thoughts into other areas yeah. Well, I totally get. It. I mean, this has actually been one of my own themes of my own understanding and learning about us humans, which I am like infinitely fascinated by our own psychology. And this idea of the discomfort that arises when we don't know is actually like built into our evolution. This part of our brain, this reptilian, the oldest part of our brain, that's its function is when we don't know what's going to happen. It perceives that anything unknown as a threat, like this might cause you to die. This is how we survived, right? And so when we didn't know what was going to happen, we either decided to freeze or fight or flee. And this still exists in us. We see it all the time, right? This is like in common modern te um, terms, it's like when we're triggered, it's always because it's like it's bringing up something, this, this feeling of like, I don't know what's going to happen. And this fear response arises and we, yeah, we, we, we do that autonomic response. And I think, I believe this is just also my opinion, but that we're this evolutionary process that's going on within us, that what we're starting to be able to tap into is this other more creative part of our, the newer part of our brain that can actually, that you, like you said, we can strengthen once we start to kind of flex this new muscle or flex this new part of our brain where we go, okay, I can watch this fear response arising. You know, we can begin to become conscious like, oh, my heart is beating, like, <gasps> my breath is becoming constricted or like, oh, I have this feeling of like my, you know, my digestion is shutting down, this pit in my stomach. And if we, we flex this muscle to witness this, what we realize usually is this perceived threat is actually not going to lead to our death. And so if we don't react immediately to that threat, we realize like, oh, again, this this moment of slowing down or this pause gives us access, I think, to tap into this other part of our brain that goes like, hmm, what could I do, you know, and have a choice instead of like always on these like patterns, these pain patterns, these triggers, you know, that we're just responding immediately to what we think is always going to be harm to us. So I think that's, that's a pretty, talk about feedback loops, right? It's like, yeah, I think we're we're all beginning to experience this new opportunity to it's like our all of us collectively, our consciousness is rising and we're realizing like we have more choice than maybe we did in the past, which was always to just, you know, react. Yeah. I've I've been uh I mean, so the aware the awareness of of my comfort in certain aspects of uncertainty and how it's grown over the years has made me, I'll tell you, this is one of the the flip sides is it's made me think, oh my goodness. Well, just because that's me doesn't mean that's others. And it's made me extremely sensitive to uncertainty in other people, <laughs> like how, how they are feeling to the uncertainty that I might be like communicating. Because just like as you described, they might be reacting in a like stressed aspect of it. 
And as a result, the potential uncertainty that I'm feeling in other people from various interactions, I feel like at times I'm over, I'm I'm over communicating the the um the potential stress that I don't even know exists from the uncertainty that I've created in the communication moment. <laughs> and then they're like, it's all good. <laughs> you don't need to say anything. It's all good because they weren't uncertain. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's no, I hear you big time. It's actually my biggest stumbling block for sure in in me moving into my next evolutionary form, I would say in 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 relationship to Toastmasters. I know that I'm here to give some push or nudge to the collective to level up in this like conscious awareness. And that scares the crap out of me because I exactly what you're saying. To, to nudge, and I say nudge because I think push would be too much, you know, nudge people into experiencing that discomfort that arises to be with the unknown, to like not do the thing that's familiar. It's so friggin' uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And, and we all know it's like everybody, when we when we don't do the normal, like um, protect yourself, mechanism, survival mechanism, there is this extreme discomfort. It feels like we're going to die, you know, and we feel like, oh my God, I'm going to stand in like in a room with a bunch of people and take them to that place. Like, I mean, I do that in my work all the time, but people sign up for it, right? Like people sign up for yoga or meditation or these kinds of things because they're ready to do this work. But getting in front of a room full of people and just like, truth bombing them with like, hey, let's all get super uncomfortable for a moment really literally scares the crap out of me. So I guess I'm just confessing where my own ah, fear is. It makes me really uncomfortable. Like what's going to happen when I do that? <laughs> so I'll, um, I, 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 a thought just came to my head fr from, from what you were sharing is because um, communication, which we, you know, we touched on it. We all know it's risky. You at, at times we're taking a chance with certain things, and um, and again going back to positive, kind of co combining that with positive feedback loops. So if you have opportunities to create a positive communication, risking moments where you take that risk and it goes well, and you take another risk and it goes well, and you take another risk communi communicatively. And, and they consistently go well. Now, they've, what can happen, or I think it's, again, going back to awareness is just, I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but probably not. But, but what can easily happen is our willingness to take communicative risks goes up mm -hmm. and up and up and up and up and up and up until suddenly we are taking chances that we ordinarily might never have taken had not for all those positive experiences previously. So again, just be aware that you might be putting, like I, I'm saying this for myself because sometimes I take some ridiculous risks when I'm like, I just like, what was I thinking? Um, you might be drifting into, into greater and greater risk than you, than you previously were, would have ever gone before but conversely if you have felt if you have had some 
bad experiences recently where where you you tried something and it kind of blew up in your face and i mean you know and and things just were a lot a lot of the times i'm just saying speaking for myself when i say blow up in my face it's just in my head it's <laughs> it's for everyone else 99% of the time it's it's an absolute not, it doesn't mean any it doesn't even register probably so it's just in it's just in my head but when you have these moments and you're like whoa just I, I recommend taking a step back, regrouping and understanding that, you know, go for some small risks and just, again, rebuild that um, that sort of confidence and that that feeling to where you're you know, you're going to do something uncomfortable, which, you know, in that in that exercise, you're talking about bringing the Toastmasters, but you're going to be not too uncomfortable. And if you can yeah, so that's just what I what I'm trying to say because if you are like if and I say this for myself, it's okay to not just force yourself to take the risk. If you're not if you're not there then, you might be there a month a month from now. So just don't give yourself a hard time if like that. And I'm saying that to myself. This is sort of my it's okay. It's okay if you if you don't want to take that risk right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, total full circle, right? Because when you were speaking, it's like coming right back around to wanting to be seen and heard and accepted and loved, right? So I think we're, and actually, I think collectively we're, we're experiencing kind of this, this teetering, knowing that, again, something has to change. We're making shifts, like we are, we all feel it, right? We're, we're living in a world that is going to require us to move into like, some unknown territory. We're definitely not not able to just keep doing what we've been doing, the familiar, right? And I think, yeah, I mean, I love I love your encouragement to to take baby steps or to take time to do the things that you know you need to do. And also, yeah, keep doing it. I think we all need to continue to find courage to kind of uh, like say what we're feeling and say what we're thinking despite it, because I don't think I'm the only one. Um, who has this feeling, right? That it's time to kind of, yeah, shift this this out of our like reptilian brain and into maybe our higher thinking centers that will allow us to come up with the solutions we need that I think will be from higher consciousness. It won't be from that same old protect ourselves reptilian brain, but yeah, quite big leap. So so a little bit at a time. Okay, Mike, I know that listeners lose their um attention uh, span around where we're at. So let's finish with um, just, do you have any communication tips for people that are listening that they could maybe take away to, to help them in their communicative life? I, I, uh, okay. Aside from a lot of the stuff that we've, we've talked about, which I think there are tips within it. If there was, if there's some, you know, like, yeah, you can, I think if it's all in, it can be incorporated. I guess if there's one message that I'd like to leave with the listeners, not not necessarily framing it as like a tip, but um, I I believe one of the most, and I'm just want to share it with everybody. Do with it as 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 you will. It's not. This isn't a silver bullet, right? This isn't the. All right, my friend, enjoy the rest of your day and week. Kind of tip, right? Because <laughs> I I don't really as great as those sound they are they're hit and miss and um 
again and again building off awareness is um i believe the 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 most important let's say power in in a relationship in any form the relationship that you have with your partner with your parents children neighbors total strangers you know coworkers the most powerful i'll just say thing is interpretation so I want to I want to just leave leave this with you is be be aware of how you are interpreting other people's actions and decide at times to positively interpret their actions uh, because this because life can be really challenging at times and we don't know where everybody else is at in their life we're all going up the mountain and we're all taking different paths right so especially with those close to you if you can interpret some of their actions that you're like i don't know about this but you just decide i'm going to interpret positively and you're going to react positively you can be giving them the break they need that little moment in their life to let them possibly regroup because the pressures of life the pressures of coming from all these different directions and again we don't know you know so i i'd highly recommend everybody err on the side of positive interpretations at almost every chance you get so that's i love that that's a that's a great tip to leave on I so appreciate this conversation, Mike. I I think it took so many deep twists and turns, and I hope you as listeners can um, be inspired by this conversation. I will definitely drop the links in the text description for that. Um, The work by Byron Katie and Julia Cameron's Artist Way, I'll also drop in there a link for the Oceanside Stroke Recovery Society, which you volunteer for, Mike, if anybody wants to get involved. Um, And I'll be sure to um, add anything else you want. Thank you very much for being with me today and to all the listeners for listening to us. Thank you for having me, Julie. Oh, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. People call me all kinds of things. It's just a name. (laughs) that's such a way to finish (laughs) thanks so much this was a lot of fun